Uh, hi, Kayla. Sup. How are you? How, how was your week off? Ah, uh, good. Just relaxed. Chilled out. Got some work done. Yeah. Um, if I were to want to start, like, a, a stand where I made, like, tie-dyed shirts, but I put it atop a small incline, what would you call that? A hill to die on. Can't take it back now. No, I kind of challenged you without the the pun, though. I I don't think you did. A little bit. I mean, maybe. I, I I'm not going to directly blame you, but if you do turn out to be like history's greatest monster, it wouldn't surprise me any. Like, it it wouldn't be like finding out that like John Wayne Gacy was a murderer. Like no. And be like, oh man, I talked to that weird girl about Hill House and she killed all those people. <laughs> Fuck! Um, yeah, I huh. mean, according to the state of Michigan, I'm not allowed to have a gun, so... Oh, me either. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, I don't know. I might be able to. But I, I... Through all my faults, I have recognized that being a dangerous suicidal alcoholic and guns don't mix. So, I mean... We'll just say I'm not allowed to have one. It's better if I just think that yeah. instead of, like, really think, like, hmm, I could use a Luger. <laughs> For what? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I live in, like, it's a small town, but it's still, like, a city. Like, I can't just be shooting at shit in my backyard. No. I will kill my neighbor, and yeah. that's, oof. Yeah. All right, that's just some shit that I really don't need. No. Yeah, let's not get a murder charge. I mean... That sounds like a very bad idea. Oh, yeah. all right. But to be fair, though, I mean, if you're charged with murder, your fate's kind of set. It's not like I have to worry about going to work the next day. True. So, I mean... Yeah. Well, that's like the kind of thing where I if kill you... kill my neighbors? <laughs> if you rob a bank, you don't have to worry about where you're living, rent food costs, anything oh, for the next, like, ten years of your life, no matter what. I can go get no fucking teeth fixed. Oh, man. Mm. So, bank heist coming yeah. up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not fuck it. Why not? Well, I mean, neither of us drive or have a way to, I, I could steal a car, I guess. I, all right, if we're going to rob a bank, I might as well steal a car. I mean, fuck. yeah. You're already committing <laughs> what, so many yeah, Why am I splitting like, hairs about, like, mm, I don't know about <laughs> car theft. Yeah. Let's we'll just, rob a bank, but yeah. not steal a car. We'll get away from it on bike and then by surfboard or something. <laughs> like, I don't know. Do some real uh, real point break shit. Right. Jump off the roof in a parasail in this, or something. In this landlocked hell. That we, <laughs> there's, there's a gross river over there we could jump in. Oh it's also really cold. It's also so. very fucking cold, Michigan mm. winters. So I think that's probably a really bad. I think this plan is really broken down. <laughs> Shit. Well, we'll make that million dollars somehow. I think I've talked about it before, but did I 
ever tell you about my million dollar idea? No. The in more places it's legal now, but at the time when I thought about it, where like when I lived in Denver, it was one of the few places that like had legal weed, but there was not one single white castle. I was like, man, in a city this size, at least 30 people are watching Harold and Kumar go to White Castle right, right now. now. In yep. the, the entire metropolitan area, man, you open up the only White Castle in Stonerville, USA, you're going to be living like fat rat off of fucking junk burgers, dude. Yep. And you can, like, learn to, like, sail or something. I don't right. know. <laughs> I don't know what I'd do with a lot of money. Probably less than I do now, if I'm being honest. I'd buy, like, a compound and, like, move all my people in and probably end up probably labeled a cult by the U.S. government. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I, I've been really pushing for a cult for quite a while. I mean, Wolf Jesus? It's a good idea. I'll get somebody on board. Mm. I'll, don't ask the specific. We'll hammer it out later. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. All right. Cult. Hill House, though. Yes. Spe speaking of uh, horror, I don't know, cults? Yeah, I... Fucking oof! That was a rough segue. I'm yeah. sorry. That that just broke both of our brains. That was just an <laughs> fucking slammed on the brakes there. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, whew. All right, so we are up to episode five of Mike Flanagan's Haunting of Hill House, the Bent Neck Lady. So, following our strict guidelines that we have never once deviated from. No. We'll go from who in the hill house, what in the hill house, and why in the hill house. So this is a Nell. This is a Nell episode. Old Nelly. Old Nelly Belly, I, as I call her. I, in the book, I tried to like Eleanor, but I didn't like Eleanor. Um, she was... In the movie, I like the Bentneck lady. She's the perfect amount of scary and sexy at the same time. Um, and I don't know, like, to actually be it, scary still. Like, she looks it, like a Cradle of Filth album cover. Thank you. Maybe <laughs> that's why I like it so much. Um, but, dude, it rules. It does. <laughs> bent, I, like ladies, bent neck ladies. Yes. I, it's, she's got to be, like, top five ghosts. So can I be very honest with you? This is my favorite episode of the entire series. Yes. And for a one a very specific reason, if you don't mind, I love this episode because it's one of the few times where the emotional elements and the horror actually coincide directly. Um, and this episode makes me cry every single time because it rips your fucking hard out and like stomps on it and squishes yeah and whole, the thing yeah. that like and we'll get into the specifics more in a little bit but like it reminds me so much of everyone that i know because as we previously seen in the other episodes whenever we see Nell, she's just kind of down and mm -hmm. sad and like she just she carries so much with her and we learn a lot more in the next episode but like She's always there for everybody. She wants to be, you know, yeah. a, a part of the thing, but she's also stricken with this deep fucking sadness. Yeah. And in the least likely situation, and I'm not saying that as in, like, I don't believe this, but, like, it's true that this is kind of how life works, that, like, there is 
cosmically, like, almost no reason that these two should have met. But somehow she finds this glimmer of happiness in this fucking desolate life. And we see her go through all the steps of just finally finding something in this fucking life that makes her happy. And then watching it get taken away from her in one of the worst fucking ways that I've ever seen. Yeah. And it just reminds me of something that would happen to anyone that I know. And it fucking tears my heart out. Yeah. And because, like, you can draw the correlation between, like, this has happened to people I know. Not necessarily with, like, the death or anything, but it's just the thinking that you had somehow found happiness and your past demons have fucking murdered your future. Yep. Yep. Man, this episode gets to me so much, and it's the only time that I watch this series and I am all in for this entire episode. Because, oh man, it's so fucking depressing. It is. is, They turned up the the emotion on this one and like just they're like okay these past few episodes we've somehow kept them watching now we're gonna rip them to shreds and it goes against everything that i've said up until now of like man use your horror elements but they i think this is the exact correct use of tying them together rather than just a bah ghost uh-huh. Like, it was a previously established, it has to do with Nell directly, which we will get to, and it's just, the horror elements play an integral part, rather than just being there. A random ghost. Yes, and yeah. and vice versa, the emotional elements are there, but not necessarily because of the, it's, mm, yeah. this is yes. a fucking perfect episode, hats off to you, Mike Flanagan. Yes. Yep. I, that, this is like the one that. No matter what's going on, like I'm watching glued to the TV the whole time and not getting distracted or whatever, not being able to pay attention because it's going on so long with it. Like, there's that's you know not... what's weird too? This is one of the longest episodes. I know, and th- like I went back and checked, and I'm like, that, f- like, I actually paid attention through that whole thing, and I'm like, and it is like. The longest episode that, and I didn't get distracted and like watched the whole thing and didn't get bored once, and that was not something that happened yet. So because it's in in my eyes, it's it's kind of like the Luke and Theo episodes where it's very detailed, obviously detailed toward that character, but what happens in it matters. Yeah. And that's what really, like, okay, so not only did you bring all these elements that bring me personally into the story, but now you've tied it all together. Fucking, okay, cool. This is a good jumping off point for, like, the rest of the series because finally we get something. And, again, I'm not saying everything else is boring, but this is where it, like, really hits the nail on the head of, like, oh, this is what's happening. Okay. Let's go. So she is seeing the bent neck lady again because it's been a while. Hmm. Yeah, it was. I'm like, very unclear as to the frequency of in which she saw the bent neck lady previous to the events. Right. I, I, the way I kind of assumed was like it was, it had been a while. Like when she was with the boyfriend and things were getting better. 
Yes, but I was talking about like before her and Arthur meet. Oh, I'm unclear yeah, as to the frequency. It sounds like it's pretty frequent though, because she's con- like going in for a sleep study. Yeah. Yep. And when answering a questionnaire for this sleep study, she meets Arthur. Yeah. Yep. Arthur Vance. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, Eleanor Vance. Yep. Uh-huh. Eh. Yeah. Eh. That's what I mean. It's just, man, so many times during this, they're not even telling the Hill House story. They're just shoehorning in some shit. They're, yeah, they're just kind of like putting names in there and like in their own story and calling it about house mm-hmm. and this is also i mean since it's an eleanor episode uh, we'll get to it i guess it doesn't really play a big part but it's got the cup of stars yeah and mm-hmm. which is a big part of the book which it, the meaning from the book did not translate whatsoever no, <laughs> into it this didn't. it was just like a bald like text only reference it just yeah it was not n- they not lost it. it they did they mentioned it but it Barely. They lost the emphasis on why it was important. Yes. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, all right, we'll get into it. Um, but yeah, she meets Arthur because yep. he's the sleep tech. Yep. And she's going through this list of questions. And again, this is one of the few times where, like, all right, it's not a monologue, it's actual dialogue between these characters. That's good. All right, good, 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 good. Because we finally get some fucking dialogue. Yeah, and. Um, <laughs> She almost breaks down crying in the relief that somebody is actually listening to her and taking these problems that she may have seriously, which, again, is a huge problem for women in the medical field community, however you want to say it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It gets to the end, or I don't even know if it's the end of the survey, but at some point, it's kind of club-footed, but it's cute. He says, you know, do you drink coffee? And she you know, gets that smile. and, Oh, are you asking me for coffee? And he gives kind of the sheepish answer of, well, I was going to wait till afterwards to ask you out for coffee. And also good for them for doing an interracial couple. I, yes. I, that, I was really happy about that, too. The, like, well, they do it twice. The, the, yes. At the, least. Their representation in Hill House um, is a lot. As a queer woman, I... Like representation, who like lesbian, and and they pick the perfect person for that. Um, <laughs> like Flanagan's wife. Ah, uh, yeah. But to um, be fair, I mean, dude, have you ever seen a picture of Mike Flanagan? Uh, yeah. He's just a dude. Yeah. <laughs> and again, I hate, I don't like being that dude, but it's always just like, good for you, Mike Flanagan. <laughs> that just goes to show you, you can suck, but just like be interesting. But they're a perfect power couple because, like, he employs her, like, making movies and they just both make a crap ton of money. Yeah, it's like a a stupid reference, but uh, John Eric Dowdle, the dude that directed Poughkeepsie Tapes, uh, the lady that plays Cheryl in that movie, like, they're married and she's in all his movies. Like, even if it's something just like, hey, we need you for, like, a scene, somebody didn't show up or something, she'll just show up and do it. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, God, this episode's good. Yes. Because... It gives us a, I don't want to say like the courting process, mm-hmm. but it gives us all the heart. And this is where I actually did notice the soundtrack because really sappy music. I fucking, eh, I hate it, but like you can't do it without it. No. And it's just kind of one of those like, oh, that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> like this is adorable. Oh, look at them getting along. Oh, they're going to kiss. They're going to kiss. Uh-huh. They're going to do it. 
And then he drops the fucking wedding or the, the engagement thing. ring in her champagne. And the entire family's there. And again, it's just that watching somebody who... Everybody's always talking about, like, oh, poor Nell. There's always something wrong with Nell. Yep. And just watching someone kind of blossom into, like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, and again, it doesn't need to be, like, a relationship or anything. that just happens to be the example that we're using because it's from the show. But, Mm -hmm. like... Just, yeah, watching somebody find some sort of happiness and just, like, watching them blossom. It's like, man, fucking good for her. Yep. And the whole thing with her entire family there on that New Year's, yes. and he slips it. Uh, oh. 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 I know. It, it's adorable. And Flanagan does romance very well. Son of a bitch. I, and I tend to not like romantic movies because, like, they are really cheesy and, like, I'm... A cynical asshole anyway <laughs> so like I'm not good at romance um but the way that he built it up like and made it so cute like later on when he tears it all down and rips you apart it's even <laughs> worse and it's like god damn you because not only do they show him just being like a good boyfriend or husband like it shows him helping her with her what they at that point believe to be night terrors. Yeah. And honestly, there's no reason for her not to think that that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like kind of like textbook, like um, sleep paralysis, like where you're awake and you see like something above you and yeah. you can't move. And like, I, I, yeah, that definitely. Yeah, I think I said night terrors, but, but yeah, yeah, sleep yeah, paralysis like, is the yeah. Yeah, what it is. It, yeah. I'm a dummy. Yeah. yeah, and just watching him help her through that and just watching every facet of their relationship get yeah. stronger and stronger and stronger until eventually their wedding day. And I like that he didn't have to show us the wedding or anything. Like, we all know what happened. It skips to the scene where they find out that uh, Theo's gay. Uh-huh, that was great. I, yeah. Because uh, Steve and Nell are staring at Shirley to see how long it notice- how long it takes her to notice yeah. that she's like dancing with this woman and for it to really click yep again man this episode's so good because yeah usually shit like that really bothers me but not liking shirley as a person is just like hmm, hmm. yeah look at this stupid bitch uh-huh. <laughs> look at her try and guess yep <laughs> ah she got it <laughs> yeah i for the most part i never came out like i just kind of did my thing yeah and like, like this especially is kind of like, what i do now friends knew that i like liked girls and stuff but like I wasn't out to my family because my my grandparents were very very Catholic very old school and like they were old and I didn't want to upset them and upset like because I loved them and but as soon as they came out I was like I'm hella gay like to everybody (laughs) like if you didn't know well you do now um (laughs) we got it yeah Yeah. (laughs) um so it I love these ones where like she's like fucking with them a little bit by just like it's no big deal. Fuck you if you don't like it. I'm going to start dancing with this chick at the wedding mm-hmm. and sneaking upstairs with her. And one of the other things that I really like about this episode and that fucking kills me so much is and you can debate on Luke or not, but in my opinion, Nell's the only like likable character because she's the only one who's kind of not a scumbag. Yeah, they're all kind of like their own brand of asshole, uh-huh. except for her, and she's got to be the one that, like, dies. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Of course. God damn it. Well, and, and I mean, I guess that's... I was going to say that's one of the few connection like, ligaments that it does share with Hill House, but, like, not really? Because she doesn't share any of the actual, like, personality traits as Eleanor from the original... Anyway. No, she doesn't. But yeah, like I said, I'm trying not to hammer on it, but yeah, this isn't Hill House. God damn it. No, it's, she is in name only Eleanor. Like, there's, a, in the book, especially, like, Eleanor's like a little pussy. Um, yeah, and she's a like, weird lady yeah. who's been, like, stuck in a house with her mom, her yeah. dying mother. For, like, her whole life. Uh-huh. And, like, it, uh, sheltered, very yeah. sheltered. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I, very, I didn't like her in the book. I, I, I really wanted to, um, but it's a good book anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, it is a very but, good uh, book. <laughs> I, uh, I don't see any of that Eleanor, or even from the movie, yeah. in this one. Yeah. Uh, it's a completely different person, just the name is the same. Yep. So we are shown, is it like eight weeks later, so... Her and Arthur are living in Los Angeles, and she starts to have one of her uh, sleep paralysis episodes. He grabs her by the hand and says, I'm going to go turn on the light. Gets up, and is fucking dead. Just drop. Like, I... And camera pans over to Bent Neck Lady. So... That's the question I have is, obviously, I mean, ghost murder is going to make it look like something else. Do you think he really had an embolism pop? Or an aneurysm, sorry. An aneurysm, or do you think it was the bent neck lady that killed him? I mean, speaking from horror movies, like, some ghosts can, like, move things. And, like, I feel like they can get through things as well. So, like, could they burst something in his brain? I mean... Possibly. And but here's I, the other thing I is mean, maybe that's what we'll find out later in the episode the bent neck lady wouldn't harm oh, yeah, Arthur. That's, the, that's yeah, where like the okay. that's where the only like conflict in this episode really comes up for me. Yeah. Or is the bent neck lady just show up at like the worst points in her life? I mean being at <laughs> although like the bet neck lady showing up is like the one of the worst events in her life. Like yeah, chronologically that's, Yes. It's it's really detrimental I, to her. Yeah. So good question. Yeah, that's this is I, where the, I was very unclear on the rules because it's very much played as the bent neck lady killed him. Yeah, that's the way I assumed it. Or at least, if we're going to, I guess, extrapolate it further, Hill House killed him. The Bent Neck Lady was a representation of Hill House, I guess, if you want to get really technical and shitty about it. Yeah. But basically, it's filmed to say that the Bent Neck Lady killed him, but she never exhibits that behavior any other time, either. Right. No. So, uh, Arthur's fucking dead. And she goes to see her new counselor, which is uh, Luke from the original Haunting, Russ Tamblin. Yep. And he's trying... This is when she's... From the outside world, it looks like her brain has just broke from grief and stress and everything else. But And she's trying to convey to everybody that it's the house. And, yeah, she sounds like a fucking maniac. 
And the doctor is putting her on new meds, and she's not taking them. Mm-hmm. She has to go take Luke to cop dope. That's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Theo's a real bitch to her, too, because she tries to get Theo to, like, use her uh, sense touch sensory to do a thing. After Theo apparently said she would, and th- she starts yelling about boundaries now, boundaries. Do your fucking sister a favor. She fucking touched her after she was dead, but yeah. she wouldn't help her sister when her husband died. Like, it's, Theo's a cunt a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Like, just a little bit. She's kind of just a bad person. Yeah. Nell is, the rest of the episode is basically her slowly breaking down mentally. And understandably so. Yeah. She crashes one of Steve's book signings yep. and yells at him about taking advantage of the family, essentially, and how he talks about how they're so important to him, but nobody ever fucking listens. And that's the other thing that I really love about the Nell character is all she wants is somebody to fucking pay attention to her. That's it. Yep. That's all she's ever fucking wanted from these people. The entire, like, series. Just all of it. be acknowledged. That's it. Yep. And I guess the only person who does acknowledge her is her fucking weirdo dad, but we'll get to that. Um, well, and then the twins got so much going on that he can't yeah, do anything yeah. to help or yeah. notice. He's like all doped up in a trap house somewhere Yeah, right he's, now. he's doing his own thing. Yeah. And yeah, and that's what like everybody kind of abandons her. Everybody basically tells her right away that... You need to get over it. You need to move on. And Luke's using her for a ride. Needs 20 bucks and for her to go talk to the dope man. So that he can go into rehab. And it's just, man, everybody fucking shits on her. And she does nothing but try and... And not even, like, do good things, but just be in people's lives. Yeah. Yep. And, yeah, nobody has time for now. No. So she apparently hops a flight back to Massachusetts, uh, goes back to the hotel room. I I don't know if we talked about that before or if it comes up before. I think it does. Oh, yeah, it's in the very first episode. Yeah, it is. When they uh, they flee from the house and their dad brings them to this hotel room. I don't know if it's exactly, but it's intimated that she's staying in the exact same room as they did when they were kids. A uh, bunch of spooky shit happens. Yeah, lots of spooky. I, I liked the that little bit. This, I like when they do the spooky stuff. But this episode, so much more. I, I stayed into it more, and it like didn't wasn't just like a small scare where there's like, like just a random ghost and then gone. You mm-hmm. know, like it kept my heart beating fast instead of just oh shock. Yeah, and then it breaks up the all of that because, I mean, and obviously things aren't going for her well, which is increasing, I guess, the frequency of the Bat Neck Lady because she sees her in the hallway. Yes. And yeah. it's, uh, I guess, implied that this is the first time that she's seen the Bent Neck Lady when she wasn't sleeping or, like, right. laying down. Right. Or at least it's the first time that we're shown that, I believe. That Yeah, it's all usually when she's laying down previous. And then, yeah, oh, but... Is that due to her, like, mental, like, just her environment and the way her mind is? Like, is that, like, everything she's going through with her husband's death, is that making 
her more open to seeing it. But then I guess or, there's also the question, did any of that shit in the, that little hallway or the by the vending machine, <laughs> did any of that happen? Because I believe she snaps back and the clock is like several hours ahead. Like she had fallen asleep. All right, so we've kind of held off on it. This is one of the things that I really kind of don't like about this series is that they introduce, like, the entire time travel element. Yeah. Which, all right, man, (laughs) you're throwing a lot at the wall right now. That's, yeah, that was the, the time travel element. Like, when the way they did it in, like, filming, like, the, how she drops in editing it in like all these scenes where we've seen her before it's impeccably done oh it's gorgeous it's just it, absolutely impeccably done but it it's a lot the time travel thing like i it's a lot to just throw in there yeah for it's this. it's this element that it, it's kind of almost out of place not it the way it's written, it's not out of place, but I mean, I don't think they needed it really because they kind of lean on it quite a bit and not much of it really makes any sense, but okay, yeah, sure. So she despondently drives back to Hill House. Because apparently they all still just kind of live near. Like the people, like uh, Shirley and Theo, still just kind of live nearby. Apparently, yeah. I think they'd get the fuck out of there, man. I would. Like, I would not stay in the state. Like, no, bye, Hill House. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to get the fuck away from here, (laughs) like, as fast as possible. Yeah. But then again, a lot of them kind of don't know or deny what happened there. So I guess it's yeah, it, it's I, muddled, but still, like, yeah. especially the implications of the book and everything. Yeah. I don't know. But, I mean, they also have a life set up there, so I mean... Yeah. But either way, um, she drives back to Hill House, tries to call Steve, tries to call Shirley, finally calls their dad, and that's... We might have seen him a few times before, but when we really get some Timothy Hutton... Yeah. I really like him. He's... He's fantastic. He really is. He's... He's like that that crazy dad that don't give a fuck. Um, He's a real hero. He really is. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Well, he got the kids out of the Hill House, which is... um, Cannot... Like, canically not possible, especially after Dark. Yeah. You you can't get out of Hill House. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that was the one thing. But I do, I love him. He is like, T- take no shits, just fucking listen, we'll take care of it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, then he's just a total maniac, he, and I love him. <laughs> but uh, Nell pulls up, and she's on the phone, and she sees the lights in Hill House just turn on. And it's we've been told that it's been left vacant for X amount of years. Well, since they left. Yep. And uh, Hugh is still paying property taxes and still paying the uh, Dudleys. Electric, apparently. Yeah. And paying the Dudleys. Well, the electric I get is the ghost yeah. manipulating shit, but like, yeah, he keeps the Dudleys on his staff. <laughs> I want to know how where he gets all this money. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a nice thing to uh, 
let us know because they never sold Hill House and they clearly were not like that wealthy beforehand because they make it a point to say, we're going to be rich when we sell this fucking thing. Yeah. Where does he get his money? I I would like, yeah, like they just bought this big old house and spent all this money on this house and then had to leave it with his kids and like leave the wife behind because that's not my wife. Yeah, it's still in a registry somewhere. Like he's still paying property taxes to some fucking county in Massachusetts. And like a mortgage payment or, and then rent or wherever they went. Yeah, because I think he's in Florida, it says. In the first episode when she calls him, I think he's in Florida. Yeah. Which means that he's paying for that house and wherever yeah, he's currently house. living. And and as all his other life expect, expenses. Yeah. Yeah. So Nell wanders into Hill House and this scene is fucking phenomenal. It, it is. It's so goddamn good. I, his set for Hill House, it, it definitely exceeded my expectations. Um... And I think that's why I love it so much because visually Hill House is fucking gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I would die to own a house like Hill House. I would like I would buy one of those big, like boa robes and like smoke <laughs> with a like a long ass cigarette holder after I murdered my husband. Develop I, a fake British accent. Yeah. 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 Call everyone um, darling. Yes. Yes. Um Get a coat made of puppies. Uh, yes. I All already right. have a coat made of... Uh, uh, I can't remember what they are. I was, I, I'm just saying, it? you should just buy a haunted house and just be Cruella de Vil. <laughs> I mean, really? What, what do you got going on that you can't leave behind to be Cruella de Vil? Uh, yeah. Just get millions of dollars, slaughter yeah, dogs. Do yeah. yeah, just do it, Kayla. I mean, somebody give me millions of dollars and... G- give Kayla millions of dollars and we can make this puppy murdering fantasy <laughs> a real tragic reality. <laughs> um, so Nell goes into Hill House and she sees all of her family and everybody's so happy to see her and her mother's there. Yep. And we haven't really talked a lot about Carla Gugino because we've been trying to, like mainly focus on the the character episodes but like she pops up in this and it's mm, she's such a fucking weirdo she's it, she is but i kind of love it i love how she played it um she's weird and i absolutely love it uh-huh. i I, like, live for her level of, like, snark and, like, I, she's, I love it. Um, and, like, the way she mommed, other than, like, just go play and leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> but when she was, like, they showed a couple of clips of her through it, you know? And, like, she would have been a really fun mom. Like, I oh, would have yeah. had so much, like, <laughs> man... Um, she would have been a great to have be, like be a teenager with that mom. Yes. Like, mom, they taught me this at school. Uh, all right, so sit down. Let's look at the stars. I don't know. She's just that kind of weirdo. It's just mm, perfect. But and oh, and with all those flowing robes. I know her God costuming is just. It, yes. So Nell shows up and but her mother's there and she says, you know, well you're not even dressed. And she's finally telling her, welcome home, Nell. Because, oh, I forgot earlier in the episode we see the Nell written on the wall. On the wall, yep. And Nell catches the blame for it. 
and they pulled out the thing is welcome, welcome or come, come home. home. Yep. And I believe it's in this scene where she's writing the W E welcome home Nell. Mm-hmm. And Nell's essentially like hallucinating everything yeah. Yeah. because she starts dancing with Arthur. And, God, it's elegant. It's so, and, like, when she goes, like, through, like, the garden area, and, like, it's very, very well choreographed and, like, peak It's, it's so scene. good. It really is. Cut to her in this desolate, because that's the thing about Mike Flanagan is when he uses warm colors, his colors are very warm. But when he goes to dark, he does a pretty typical, like, dark blue green like a uh, color palette yeah and cut to nell in this ratty ass white dress just ballroom dancing by herself through these just disgusting overgrown hallways of this yep. desolate fucking haunted house yep uh she goes up on to up the spiral staircase yep. Uh, yeah, if you know anything about Hill House, this is this is the Hill House scene. Yes, the this is the connective scene. tissue. Yeah, and she's talking to Carla Gugino, and she, Carla tells her. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just using the actress name, but Olivia, her mother, tells her, "Well, it's time to wake up," or something, some yeah. shit like that, because that's how she talks. Yep. Yeah. Old ghost mom. Yeah, ghost mom. I'll tell you. Man, the hanging is so fucking well done. It, it really it, is. The the way they use like camera angles to do like the perspective and like the chaos that was her mind at the time, like top notch. Dude, because when they show her actual body, absolute silence. You hear the fucking tautness of the rope. It's so fucking good, man. This is again. This is why this is my favorite episode because all the horror elements come together. And I, I obviously, like we had talked about, more of a horror fan than like the emotional drama parts. And just, mm, mm. it's like pouring chicken soup on my fucking ghoulish heart. Yep. <laughs> Hearing that note or that fucking rope. Yep. Just mm. like the twist in it, like you. That's like that uh, the ASMR thing, but like. Not very old. <laughs> yeah, and then she goes essentially careening through every period of her life in which she has seen the bent neck lady. Yeah. And with loose, a bent neck. Yes. Yeah. And lucid through all of it yeah. until she is hovering over her childhood self. And again, one of the first shots that we see in the series is the bent neck lady going, no, 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 no. Yep. And we find out that the bent neck lady is now. Yes. Tormenting herself over the years. That's yeah. psychologically fucked up. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But again, man, that time travel element's a lot. It's a, <laughs> it's a lot. big ask. It's a lot to throw in, but the way they like continuously dropped her was so like visually stark i they did it very well like the transition from times yes i that i liked but yeah the time travel was a lot to throw in there you've like already deviated from like the hill house story like a whole lot and and you're already dealing with a non-linear timeline you're showing two different timelines of the same people and then to throw the 
and I guess it makes sense, but it's just, I guess that would be the bridge between the two, but since we're not given hours and hours of what their like, life was like in between, yeah, it's kind of a big ask. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I... That's why I don't like this series, because, man, there's just a lot going on. But uh, why it's important... I think we've already kind of talked about why it's important, because this is pretty much the catalyst for the entire series. Y- yeah. This, this is, could have been the first episode. It, yes, very much so. Um, I, I believe they, they tried to lean on the, like, stages of grief as, like... Um, it was too much filler for the story. Like, you could have totally cut that part out. And yes, it was, like, a cool idea. But in execution, wasted a lot of time. Yes. And again, I don't know if that's really Flanagan or if that's a studio or Netflix or whoever financed it saying, well, we want ten episodes. Yeah. Fuck, now we got to stretch this out. I, yeah. I feel like I would have liked to have seen a lot more of Hill House than mm-hmm. all of the drama. Yes, than the actual repercussions of their stay at Hill House, yeah. I guess. And like, I agree with you Maybe a whole like lot. an explanation on the random ghosts that we saw, like, see throughout. We, the, we get a couple. Some, but not most of them are yeah. never explained. They just pop in and There's out randomly. A lot of randos. Yeah. And, and dead kittens and shit. Yeah. Like, it's just a lot of extra when, like, it's not you have barely a story. about Hill you have House. A core, yes. You have a core story available to you. Like, Hill House is, like, the house. Like, folk, like that's what the story is supposed to be about. And they kind of missed that by focusing on all the drama. Either way, still my favorite episode. Yes. Best very, way, very best ending. I Yeah. Yeah, it's really one of those that just, like... <sighs> Man, not only is she dead, but this too. Like, it really pushes your face into the dirt. Yes. It, it's it's the real heel on the back of the head. Like, yep. man. Yep. Shit. So, all right, moving on to episode six. This is the real famous one. Yeah. Uh, two Storms. This is, I don't know whether I want to say this is a Hugh episode or if it's just kind of an everybody. I, I it's kind of both. I feel, felt like it was... More f- like the family as a collective episode. Yeah, I would I would say that most of the episodes are about 80% character to, I guess, progressing the rest of the story. Yeah. I would say this one's almost like 60-40. Yeah. There's a lot of Hugh, but there's also a lot of everyone's story in this. Yep. And famously, this is the one that I think there's only three takes, I believe. This is all the, yeah. the long one-er shots. Yeah, yep. And... Yeah, visually, this episode is, technically speaking, as somebody who watches a lot of movies, and, like, I don't study film, but, like, I can appreciate that, you know, this took a lot of effort to do. This episode's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's kind of boring. This is one of the only ones that I do think is kind of boring. I, it is only in the fact that I think they... It's Hugh, um, and he's adorable and quirky, and I absolutely love him. Um, but I feel like they didn't want to get like too serious on that episode. Yeah, or too far or ahead too, of themselves. Yes, because they could have given a lot away in this one, and it would have made sense to do so. But I feel like there's 
man, there's just a lot of bickering and a lot of uh, downtime. And as well as it's done, I'm not saying that it's a bad episode, but it kind of bores me. Like, I can appreciate the technical aspects of it, but... Yeah. Mm. So we start off, Nellie's dead. This is basically her funeral. Yep. The family coming together, is it the night before or a few nights before? I think it's the night night before. before. yeah. The night before her actual funeral. Yeah. And they're all at Shirley's house having a small, I guess, family-style wake. Yeah, like dinner. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, It was just them. Yeah. And there's a lot of reminiscing. Which I guess is there to endear us to the characters. And we kind of find out that, like, Steve didn't live with them for a long while. Like, he moved, they all moved in with their Aunt Janet. And he went away after a year. And there's a lot of, like, just heartwarming sibling stuff. Yeah. You kind of, like, see how they interact with each other. And that was. Because we've never seen them all together no. before. We've never seen the uh, actual dysfunction on display. Yeah. And that's what a lot of this episode is. But I just find family bickering just kind of boring. Yeah. Like, I don't need to know all of this. Yeah. It, it, from my perspective, again, it, if it interests people, that's fine. But, like, I don't need to hear about the puffalopes. Not the puffalopes. <laughs> that, that was like a like three or four minute long like thing in, yep. in the show and I, I mean yes it was a cute story of but not necessary so here's the question that I have are they kind of dickheads for just getting absolutely hammered with Luke there I don't think so because I as much as I like I, I again I know about substance abuse it's kind of not their responsibility to watch themselves but I don't think they need to literally be, like, drinking, like, pounding booze in front of him. Yeah. And I think it's very understandable that he kind of doesn't want to be around them. I, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, like, getting out of rehab and, like, you did the whole shit, the whole thing. Uh, no. That's, that's a bad idea. You don't, like, pick a sibling up that's, like, been struggling for years yeah, and the, the part of that that really got me, because, again, I'm not saying it's any of their responsibility yeah. to not... Because, obviously, none of them really have, a, like, a serious problem. Right. I, <laughs> well... Fucking... I don't know. Yeah. She's getting pre-tore up. Yeah. But, um, the, the, again, the one that really got me was, like, right when they get there and they're sitting, like, in that little bench in the entryway... And Steve's sitting right next to him, just drinking a glass, right next to Luke, just drinking a glass of whiskey. And nobody's going to blame you if you got up and was just like, hey, I'll be back in a second. I need to go do this thing. Yep. But it, that just seemed inconsiderate. But that's also kind of Steve's thing. And Steve the rest is, of the family. I, yeah, I feel like that the whole dysfunction is really shown in that, like, that they really, it's a very... Uh, selfish family Um, and Nell was like the only one that like literally gave a shit and they're like eh fuck you yeah because Hugh gives again I think it might be it's somewhere near the puffalo thing Mm -hmm. oh I think it is when he talks about how she used to write Christmas lists to send to Santa every year and that's why she had to send it in the puffalo yep 
and she never asked for anything for herself. It was always stuff for you guys. And then as you kids got older, I'd, I'd talk to her, and she'd tell me what was going on with everybody. And it was just kind of one of those, like, oh, Nell was secretly the glue that holds everything together. And everybody's really hostile at Hugh because of what he knows and won't tell anyone. Yeah. But he apparently needs to use the restroom or something like that. Mm-hmm. And goes strolling down the hallways, and it turns into Hill House, which... Mm, I That mm, switch there mm, was gorgeous. It's so good. I, I like this show so much when he shows Hill House. Yeah. It's perfectly executed in, like, in my brain when I was reading the book when I was, like, 11. Like... That's what I saw, and I was this opulent very, manner. Yes, just, mm. yes, and like the caretaker, like that was in the book. Like the the caretakers were on, and like she took very, very good care of Hill House. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I didn't like about mm, Hill House, Mrs. Dudley, Mrs. Dudley, <laughs> um, the, the series, um, they didn't do the thing where like the doors shut, all the doors stay shut. I think they touch on it in the first, like, two minutes of the first episode because Hugh shuts the door and then walks by and it's ajar again. Yes. But they don't really play with it like they should have. They didn't, they like, show that it happens all the time. Yeah, like, you, you can't keep a door open. can't leave a door no, open. not in Hill House. And, like, that was one aspect that they, I wish they had showed more. Or like, uh, the creek where they used to hang out in the book anyway or the was it a creek or the lake like a yeah wherever there was a dock there was an area near water yes it it was some sort of little inlet with water in it where they there was several times they had picnics or whatever yeah 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 yeah. and that never really seemed to come to pass either no they i don't think in the show like we ever saw the grounds of hill house other than like original like i think you're right we never like explored the grounds of hill house which was seen seen in the shed i believe with shirley yeah Yep, there there was a little bit, but not nearly half as much as the book. Like, it, them, like, because during the day they'd go out of the house, because that was the only time you can leave Hill House. Yeah, um, and they'd go, like, pick strawberries and uh, shit. Yeah, like, and hang out by the creek, and, like, there was, um, like, activity when they are like, walking through the um, trails to get to the water source. Like, Al uh, heard, like, the, them the other two talking behind her and then like footsteps behind her and then yeah, they weren't there. Yeah, the, like, yeah, they were either in front of her or behind her and she was like, walking on this trail and it's kind of like yeah. intimated that she, I don't want to say blacks out, yeah. but like gets lost and then ends up at Hill House swearing that she had heard these things. Yeah, and like they were like talking shit about her behind her back. Yeah, like, yeah, it yeah, was, yeah. Yeah. So there was, that was something that they didn't really do anything with. I feel like take the drama stuff away and right, well, I, guess, I guess in that one aspect uh, sniping behind each other's back and in, in the book theodore is also kind of a bitch she's <laughs> a very yeah so yeah, i mean there so. is that but i mean it translates well into just sibling fighting i guess especially when there was a trauma in the family but you're right they never really paid attention to anything outside of the house besides like their lives outside yeah. of that yeah it yeah. never got real into Hill House as, like, a property. Yeah, at all. And, like, I mean, how did the book end? 
I mean, that's a big part of the story. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, yeah. This show is ludicrous. It, 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 it is. No, uh, but um, there, it's a, again, I understand that technically it's good they did it all in one thing, but a chandelier falls and they have a long thing where they're counting lightning. And yeah, like, Nell disappears? Because Theo was holding her hand and says, I was holding her hand this whole time. Where did she go? Where did she go? Where did she go? That, that's a nod to one of the scenes in the book. Yeah. The, the scene, um, and she was like, not in her bed, in, in the bed across the room. And she's like, I'm over here. And whose hand was I holding? But they, that didn't translate. No, it didn't. At all. Um, at all. It was a real uh, ham-fisted way of showing, like, we need another reference to the book. It, Nothing happens from it. She comes back and she says, I was standing right here the whole time and nobody ever saw me, which I guess correlates to Nell's character in this uh, series, but not so much Hill House. No. And, again, no, they look for batteries and they count seconds in between lightning yeah. and shit like i don't need to see all this mike like it's yeah. again it's good but like eh. and then we get into yeah all the like actual fighting yeah the actual fights we find out because there was uh what do i want to say conflict about the hill house book the hill house book and the and the money yeah and the money that uh was gained from that surely refused to take it she was also under the assumption that theodora had declined said money as well yep and it comes out that basically everybody has taken Taking the money this money including like the the husband behind shirley's back Yes, because yeah. that is the uh, fake checkbook that she had found before. Yeah. That, I guess, sowed the seeds of mistrust yeah. in her husband, which she can go fucking straight to hell from what we find out later. But anyway, uh, big fights between this family. Everything blows up. Yeah. It's real yeah. bad. Um, yeah, it. that's like um, back when my uncles would drink at together at, at family <laughs> family get-togethers and it was it never turned out good no um not with those two there there's there's no physical assaults in this but, but it, it gets mm. i hate to bring it up again but the monologues there are so many fucking monologues in this episode yeah. it's pretty much all it is yeah <laughs> it's it's infuriating it really is they lean very heavily on that to communicate with with the viewer and and I feel like if you have to do that, you should probably do something different. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, I, I was talking uh, briefly to, I guess, friend of the show, Bell, and I was telling him that we were doing this. And he was like, oh, that, cool, or whatever. I was like, man, I really don't like it. There's so many monologues. And he just wrote back, he's like, oh, then don't watch Bly Manor or whatever, Midnight Mass. I was like, no, man, I had enough after Hill House. I don't need more of this. Because I guess they got, he went fucking hog wild on those ones where it's all monologues. Um, I watched both of them. And seeing the the latter of, seeing that show um, as somebody who like grew up in the Catholic Church um, and has like 
religious trauma from like her childhood. Um, <laughs> not good. Yeah, not that movie was fucking scary, but not Wait, for the reason that which her one? show. Uh, um, the one with the priest. Uh, I didn't I see either the, of them. Bly the, Manor, not Midnight Bly Mass. Manor, Midnight Mass. Okay. Um, that one. I yeah, that was fucking scary. But like, okay, priest as vampires, this girl can get behind that one. I really can. I like it. Uh huh. Yeah, very much so. Like, <sighs> have you ever seen Late Phases? Yes, I. About the priest that's a werewolf. Yes. Yes, I have. Fucking Nick DiMici fighting werewolf goddamn Tom Noonan. Mm. Yes. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, where were we? Uh, uh, the monologues. We were... Yeah, the, mo- yeah. Oh, oh, the monologues. Sweet Lord. Um, so the power goes out at, at a very inopportune time. Like the worst time. Yes. Uh, and ghosts. Yeah. Ghosts start... Like ghost stuff. Yeah, a uh, a lot. Um, I don't like the the set for this one. I. Mm, it's, it's it's not as big and elaborate as everything else, and I get that geographically it can't be, but maybe set it somewhere else then. Right. I feel like it was a very like clinical setting, for like. Yes, there's, like, a lot of, like, fighting and emotions and then ghosts, and, like, maybe that was to not overstimulate, but I feel like the set, it felt like, especially, like, the office part, like, was very cramped and, like, you know, kind of... It doesn't have the breadth that the the rest of the series kind of has. No, it doesn't. It feels, like, almost like they ran out of sets to use and, like, just used... But, I mean, it could also be done to have that claustrophobic feeling. Yeah. But, I mean, to do that, you do a situation where, like, you can't get away. What ends up happening is Hugh and Theodora see uh, Nell come out from behind the desk. I believe it's Nell. It's Nell or Olivia, one of the two. Or just a random ghost. I I don't remember. it, It wasn't very vividly, like, the face. I I don't remember. All I remember is that there's the ghost. To her credit, though, Theodora kind of, as we learn, I don't remember if it's in in this episode, but she recognizes what it is right away and realizes that she's not crazy, that she saw this thing. Yeah. Yep. And that was refreshing. That was, yeah, and she's like, man, I probably, like, gave Nell so much shit over the years for seeing this thing that's not real. And she's like, God damn it, it was real. And, like, I bet, I hope she feels like an asshole. <laughs> yeah, and all the while doing an unrealistic amount of drinking. Yeah. Holy I, fucking shit. Oh, I would I like understand. to know. She's a bad drunk actress. I'm going <laughs> to... Yeah. That's, no. That is a bad drunk performance. Very. I'm sorry. But I, it, mm. Very. And not a, not only that, but like, yes, they like played up her partying in, previously, but she put down a lot of fluid during <laughs> taping. Like... A fuck ton. She was hammering she, drink. She yeah. was walking around with a bottle of vodka. Yeah. And, yeah. And Everybody else had a glass that they were drinking from. And she was like, every time she was on camera, taking like a big ass swig. Like. That fall was I, bad though. The, it, it looked yes. real choreographed. It was. And I understand that with the long shots, they can't break it up because of that. Yeah. We just have to roll with it, but. I'm I'm betting that's one of those that he, whenever he watched the dailies, was like, 
I wish we could have gotten a second one of those. Yeah. Yeah. But I think we're forgetting also that uh, Shirley finds Theo and her husband. Oh, yeah. In the closet, which becomes a very important part of the story. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, Theo has no boundaries for a fucking therapist who talks for... about boundaries a lot. Uh-huh. Um, that was kind of, the, yeah, their, their <laughs> codependent bubble is... Recklessly drinking. <laughs> and recklessly drinking. That I mean, that never helps anybody. She was him. plowed, dude. But he wasn't as plowed as she was. No. And yet, Theo got the brunt of it. Yes. And, That's yeah. Shirley for you. That's, that's Shirley for you. But I do like at the end, uh, we just have Nellie standing alone by her tipped over casket. Yes. Because her casket tips over. Yeah. Forgot about that. Yep. Just visually that I, I like the ending of every episode of Hill House, but I hate it at the same time because, you know, it's, Oh, oh, Flanagan's good like that. You're making me wait till the end to see the best shot of the episode. And I'm a little salty about that. um, But at the same time, like, he knows he does that and it's purposely. And yeah, like all television tries to do that. But man, he's really good at it. Really fucking good at it. I mean, yeah, Mike Flanagan's a good director, dude. I wish he would go back to making movies, but eh. Some of his movies kind of suck, though. I, yeah, you can't. Before I Wake is I, not No, not a good one. That was... I'm, I'm going to be honest, I didn't like Oculus either. I, I didn't like it. I I never finished Oculus. Did you see um, Ouija 2, though? Ouija 2, Origin of Evil. The first Ouija was such a disaster that they went to Mike Flanagan and said, "Take how much do you need to make us a movie that will save this? And he fucking did. Ouija 2 is outstanding. It's like uh, the original Buffy movie, and, and then they, like, Joss Whedon came in and, like, redeemed with, with the show and, like, made them a bunch of money. Um, but the movie... <laughs> and then turned out to be a fucking dickhead. Dude, I know. Uh, Fox is talking about rebooting Firefly. Um, but without Joss Whedon, will it still be Firefly? Um, I've never seen... Fun. Man, I'm so bad at TV shows, which is why this was also such a drag, because I don't really I watch made television. You, I made you watch an entire season. Like, yes. I, I know, I was real mad about it, <laughs> if I'm being honest with you. Um, all right, we've hit time. Uh, any final thoughts on our two episodes where we are in the story? I think this is where it starts to matter, though. Everything else that we've gotten has been, I guess, important. Could have been done in the previous episode with Nell dying. You could have told us all these stories. Bang, 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 get it done. But if you have a 10-episode contract that you need to fulfill, sure, man. But this, this is, to me, where it starts to get better. Yes, this is, well, they're focusing on Hill House and what happened in Hill House and yes. what's actually finally happening in Hill House. Um, and that's where I I loved this episode at the ending. Like, I will 
like watch all the way through like I'm not I will stay up for an hour longer to finish the last episode last couple episodes like Uh uh-huh and yeah this is where and it's kind of like uh it's the point in the series where even the first time you watch it you realize like all right well we're not going back to what this is where we are now like the the foot's on the pedal it can't go backwards from here. And I don't think it does. It does increase in, I guess, escalation very well from here. Yep. All right. Do we have anything else to say? I got to pee really yep. fucking bad. Should we yep. just be done with this? Yeah. All right. Bye, everybody. See ya. Bastards. Bastards. <laughs>